Yeah. All right. Good morning, church. If you're part of the youth group, 6th through 12th grade, you can step on back there. They're back there to take you down for your class. And we'll be calling you up. Security, make sure you remember that at the beginning of the action steps to go get Kids XP and the youth to be a part of the baptism that's going to be taking place today. We're excited about that and the opportunity that we have. Yeah, it's a celebration of Jesus and what he's doing. No better time than now to do that and to be a part of what God's doing. I want you to know from the bottom of our heart, we love you. What an incredible week it's been. A lot of stuff happening. As you know, last week we had Winterfest. Thank you for everyone that's involved and all that you did, all your volunteer work, and especially to Crystal in the cafe and Ashley that was up here in the worship team as they headed that up with a huge team of people and y'all's help. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you can give them a thank you. So uh, as we're doing this, you know, uh, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. Can you believe it? It's amazing. So do you know that we're doing something different next week? Does everybody know that? Yes, we are. We're doing one service at 10 o'clock. You can come at your normal time. Maybe the door will be unlocked. I'm not sure. We'll be here, though, at 10 o'clock. Remember that at the campuses, both you down there at the Gospel Rescue Mission and at Village of Oak Creek, next week we'll have one service at 10 o'clock. Obviously, we're going to have a little parking issue, so if you are healthy, walk from down the road as you park. And uh, don't each of you in your household drive your own car, okay? That would be helpful as well. And those of you that ride motorcycles... Right up into the courtyard and or out of the parking spaces so that we can leave those for vehicles, okay? That'd be awesome. Thank you. We're looking forward to that because we will be doing the toy run, which is why we're filling the sleigh with toys. Uh, Next Sunday at noon, we take off. We have seven families uh, that we are going to visit and uh, celebrate with them. And then we're going to end the journey at the Gospel Rescue Mission. So we're looking forward to blessing those families and being out there representing Jesus and having a good time. Uh, It's all good. So yeah, God bless you guys. Thank you. Did you spend at least five minutes a day, at least five days last week reading or listening to God's Word? Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda of your own? See, we just want to be with Him. He wants to be with us. Don't forget that. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. Did you share Jesus with someone this week? Yes. Did you invite someone to church today? Yes. We ask these questions every week. You should prep yourself and be ready at all times. Because what we ask the questions for is to make sure that we're living the Christian life outside of church. If you're only a Christian while you're here, you're not a Christian. Amen. Doesn't matter how you act in the church. You have to live your faith outside, and we'll see that clearly again in the scriptures as we look at what God wants to say to us. We know today is the third Sunday of Advent, right? And it's all about joy. Probably figured that out when we were singing the songs today, huh? It is all about joy. But see, there's this, we have this problem in the world which, with the enemy, you know, the devil comes as an angel of light, the word of God says, to deceive the world, right? So he always comes as false God, because that's what he desired in the beginning, He's not walking around with horns and a pitchfork, and he doesn't live in hell. Hell is his punishment. He's going to go there to suffer with those that follow him. So we have this unrealistic idea of who the devil is and what he does. He doesn't reign in hell. He will be punished in hell 
just like everyone else that doesn't receive Christ as their Savior. But the Word of God tells us that He comes as an angel of light to deceive the world. Therefore, He is coming with false faith. Oh, so you see, we have to see that differently. So what He does in the world is the themes that we have of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. The enemy gives a mirage of every one of those. And not any of those are real in the world. Every single one of them leave you hopeless. You do not have peace. You cannot have fullness of joy. And you don't even know what love is if you don't know God. But there's this mirage out there that the enemy wants us to buy into. And we continue to pursue and chase. But we look in the word of God and we see this. God has a word for us, for us to experience the fullness of what he has for us. And so when we were looking at the scriptures last week for peace, remember we read in Philippians 4, you should always keep those verses in front of you. The scriptures were talking about not worrying or not having any anxieties, but praying first, right? You do all know that. You made notes and you followed that direction. So nobody this week should have any anxieties <laughs> or worries. Seriously, if you did what God's word says, you won't. If you're still carrying them, then maybe you should put it into practice. I think somebody just said, if you're only a Christian in church and not out there, you're not a Christian, right? So if we're going to apply God's word in our life, that's the transformational power of God. The Holy Spirit at work in us is an affirmation of the truth of what God says and the change of who I am to who he has died to make me. You can't do it on your own. You can't experience any of this on our own. The only way we experience any of it is through the power of God's grace that he has poured out in us through the Holy Spirit by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And therefore, church, if we're not experiencing that peace, let's revisit what God said to us. You want to have peace? Stop worrying? Then tell God about everything. And then thank him for all he's done. You remember that? Okay, well... It's amazing stuff right there. So as we look at that, I, I want to read two verses prior to that. So we left those off intentionally for today. God did. I didn't even know we were going here, but here we are. Ready? This is what it says in the two previous verses. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Yeah. All right. Now here you go. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. The next advent is on the horizon. That's what it says to us, right? So here, let's read this in the context of God's word. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Yeah, so you see that whole formula right there. It's amazing. As God's talking to us, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And when we put our hope into Jesus Christ, which is our faith in Jesus Christ, we experience something that cannot be experienced any other way. And that is the peace of God that comes into our heart that says to us that all is well, even when it's not well. That gives us joy when things are hard. 
See, that's not normal. That's why the Word of God just said that to us. It's something that is not normal to the world, and it exceeds anything that we can understand. So if we tell someone that, they're going to think we're nuts. Like what Justin was saying, it's not just by our actions. When we say what we believe in and what God does for us, they won't understand it. They can't. The reason why they can't is because the Holy Spirit is the interpreter of the truth of God, and He affirms that truth within our hearts. Therefore, church... When we experience the fullness of God's grace and understand what it means to us and we live in it and we apply God's word in our life, there's no way any human being can understand what that relationship is like unless they are experiencing it for themselves. It's the only way. So as we think about what God's saying to us, we have to allow God to control every aspect of the things that we are dealing with and not us. Because as soon as I start trying to control everything around me, there's where anxiety lives. Because you have no control. And therefore, I get unrest, and I get troubled, and I get stirred, and then I start to worry, and anxieties come in. And pretty soon, I'm trying to fix everything instead of just trusting God to fix it. Amen. Hey, amen. <clears throat> when we allow the things of this world to flood our minds and begin to control our thoughts, there's no way to experience peace. And the peace is the very thing that feeds the joy. You see, we were reading the scriptures there that it said that the peace of Christ will guard our hearts and our minds. And therefore, there's no way to have joy if we're not experiencing and allowing that peace to control these things, which is ultimately what? A surrender. <laughs> See, our control is found in surrender. doesn't make any sense. That's why it says it's beyond our understanding. We surrender to God. We know that he's in control. And in that surrender of letting go, we experience peace. Therefore, the peace itself brings joy. It's an incredible thing that God does for us. You see, as we look at the world around us, there's no hope. There isn't. Church, there's no hope. By the way, did you see that amazing clip of that guy dropping dead when he spoke against Israel and saying Allah was going to bring judgment and all that stuff that he said, and then, boom, he died. You don't mess with God. God is God. And church, we need to understand that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, later on today, Google it. Yes. It's, it's pretty cool that we can see this and see, like, hey, God doesn't mess around. We've been saying that to us, church. God doesn't mess around. This isn't a game. He's real God. And we need to serve God. And he doesn't mess around. Yeah. So there's no hope in the world. Therefore, there's no peace nor joy. The stuff the world offers to us is momentary. And in the end, it brings guilt. It brings shame. It brings despair. And it reminds us of our emptiness and our brokenness. And we continue to pursue that stuff like that little gerbil in a wheel, like thinking that somehow the next thing is going to meet and satisfy us, and it never does, nor can it. So the world around us is like on the Titanic. Now, I never watched that movie because I already knew the end. They sink, right? <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie. I don't care. I mean, but as we look back on that, I don't have any idea what happened in the movie, but I'm sure there's made-up stuff because they died. So they don't really know the true story of what was happening, only the few people that survived. But they died. The boat sank. We all know that, right? Okay. 
But you do know, too, that they didn't think, it, they thought it was an unsinkable ship. You know, just like that guy was talking against God, they were like, yeah, I mean, it's unsinkable. And it's maiden voyage, it sank. I don't think that's a coincidence, I don't. And so I, I look at this and I'm saying, you know, the whole world around us is just like the Titanic. A lot of noise, a lot of fake celebrations, a lot of false confidence, but there's an iceberg coming. So it doesn't matter what kind of party you got going on today, that iceberg's coming and death is waiting. And church, like, it's like, it's so crazy to me. It's our responsibility to let those people know that the ship is sinking, all right? And saving the environment isn't going to save the world. I don't, I'm not speaking that against whatever you want to do to try and help things here. I'm just saying saving the environment isn't going to do it because the Word of God already tells us He's going to burn this whole place. We're not going to do it. God is. Okay, God's going to destroy this earth and remake it. He said so. And I, I, so I'm not telling us we should abuse it. All I'm saying is we've got our focuses in so many different things and people want to chase after stuff to try and feel good about themselves and it's not going to work. Amen. The only thing that's going to help us is Jesus Christ. Yeah. A relationship with God the Father, period. Listen to the word of God. This is what it says right here. Dear brothers and sisters, this is James, by the way. And you already know I love James because you, the most ignorant biblical person can understand James, right? I mean, seriously, if you don't understand this, let me know, but check this out. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, then you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. Okay, so when we look at what the Word of God says, it didn't say if we have troubles, if we face troubles, it says when, right? Come on, church, we got to see what God's Word tells us right here. It says when troubles of any kind come your way. So last week, we kind of talked about this a little bit about the fact that we're going to face some stuff. There's going to be people sick for Christmas. I didn't realize that was like a prophetic word and everybody in the church was going to get sick last week. I mean, I kept getting messages like, I'm going to be at church. I'm sick. I'm sick. It's going around, right? Stuff happens like that. There's going to be people sick and won't be at Christmas. It just happens every year. If you have a family of any size, someone's getting sick or they're bringing you something. <laughs> it's just the way it is, right? So what the Word of God says, it says, when troubles of any kind come your way. So the fact is, is the next wave is coming. The next storm is raging. It may be out on the horizon, and you think you got some time, but it can come quickly. So we want you to know this. God's preparing us and saying that the next issue is coming our way. So when it happens, instead of letting it overwhelm you, consider it an opportunity. That doesn't make sense to the world, right? That doesn't make sense to a lot of us as we're thinking about it. But look, the only way to place, the only way to have peace and joy in the midst of the storm is to have placed your hope and faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. That's it. Because you see, once you trust God and you know that He has you and you understand that He's leading your life, then whatever happens to you happens to you and it's okay. I trust Him, even in death. We're all going to die. 
That doesn't mean God's abandoning us. Not a chance. He's going to take us through that transition as well and escort us into glory. So it's like, church, you know, we can have peace no matter what we face and consider the next challenge as an opportunity for me to grow in my faith, understand God's grace all the more, experience the peace that God has, and then I'll have joy in the midst of the storm. See, that's what it says in the Word of God. It doesn't make sense, I know, but when you experience God, that's all that matters. It doesn't have to make sense. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Listen, he tells us, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Okay, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Remember, we're talking about this, we got to live it. I mean, it's over and over in scriptures, right? But let's see what he says. Follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus tells us right here, he is our foundation. He alone will hold us firm in the midst of the storms. And he says, when you hold to me and you trust me and you don't allow anxieties and worries to overwhelm you and begin to consume you and take you into those bad places, he says, when you stand firm upon the foundation of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter what kind of storms come against us. We know that God has us and we are unmovable unmovable when we stand upon our faith in Jesus Christ, no matter what. So no matter what the storms are, whether they're relational issues, health issues, financial issues, anybody have any of those three? Okay. Political issues, I already know y'all got that one. Emotional issues or death, no matter what. See, Understand, church, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just joy. Not like fake, like, oh, yeah, I'm like, everything's amazing, it's wonderful. It may not be amazing and wonderful. You don't have to say it is. But what's amazing and wonderful is the joy that I have inside of me in the midst of the storm. God is amazing. I was kind of, I am, I'm, mm, yep, I'm going to say it. I was kind of surprised that some Christians' reactions to first my wife's diagnosis of cancer and then our son's diagnosis of cancer. I was. I was kind of surprised at the way they asked me about how I was feeling and things. And I'm like, you know, of course, my emotions are all over the place. And it's, you know, you're processing all this. But there's peace inside. There is. I want you to know there's complete peace inside because there's an absolute trust in God no matter what. And with either one of those diagnoses, there was not a very good outcome expected, even though it's been a good outcome. Even though that in the beginnings, you don't know that stuff, but there's always peace. And like, so when I'm telling them, you know, I'm okay, they're like, no, no, but tell me, you can talk to me. I'm like, no, I'm okay. No, I am. It's not like I mean, it's like, okay, you know, this is the surrender thing. It's like God's in control or not. Okay, so if I'm not okay, then what's my problem? 
I mean, seriously, do we believe God or not? I mean, if we believe God, then so be it, right? It's like, okay, God, you got it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't feel these feelings of the opportunity or possibility of loss, yes, but in the midst of understanding that could happen, I already know God's grace will carry us through, right? It's there for us. And so, like church, this is what he tells us. Consider this next storm as an opportunity for great joy because what you're going to learn is how to endure in the midst of the storms knowing that God has it and you don't. So everything we face, what we're learning is we're not in control. I don't know why we have to continue to learn this lesson. We're not in control, but we're not in control. And so it's like, yes, Lord, that's the only answer. Yes, Lord, I'm done. So it is an opportunity, but we don't always see it that way. Here's the thing. On the other side of that storm, there is sunshine and peace. There is. God doesn't just take us from one storm to another. He allows us to have that moment of rest, that celebration of what he's done, that moment of reflecting and saying, wow, that was crazy. You know, and then you just kind of sit there in that little calm sea for a little while and then just look over your shoulder and there it is. Another storm's coming. And pretty soon we're so far down in our relationship with God, I'm saying in our journey, that the storms that we thought were overwhelming us in the moment don't exist anymore and don't even recall in our minds. I mean, I can tell you right now, there's no way that if I say to you, what was the biggest anxiety and worry in your life five years ago, 90 some percent of us won't even remember right? But we were not sleeping at night, and we were worried about stuff, and we were living in that anxiety and not experiencing the peace and joy that God has for us. And all we had to do was apply the faith that God has given to us through Jesus Christ, and then take a breath, man, and go to sleep, right? (laughs) Okay, so there's going to be this clear skies and the calm are coming. I just want you to know that right now. I want you to know, God wants you to know. It's more important than I want you to know. God wants you to know that this, the calm seas are coming. If you're in the midst of a storm, just trust him. Look at what's going on around you. Own the peace that he gives to you in your soul. Be joyful in the Lord and just sit there. See, the world has a false claim of joy and peace and all that stuff. And you guys know this, you know, but the, the, the ship is going to sink. Um, so as we understand that and we move forward, the temporary feelings that the world offers always pass. And when they pass, there is unfulfillment that happens. Everything is offered to us is temporary. So I know from my previous walk before Jesus, and all y'all know this, the buzz only lasts so long, and then you got to chase it again. Whether your choice was drugs or alcohol or sex or anything else that you were chasing for us, it only lasts so long. And at the end of that, it's like you're empty. And so it's like, I'll race after it again. Because the only time I felt what I was pursuing was when I was under the influence of. Therefore, I need to be under the influence of so that I could experience what I'm longing for. And it's all fake. (laughs) <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, you know, when you look at it from this side and you look back, and like, what an idiot. 
<laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. It's so empty. And then they go do it again. Like, why? It's like, good grief, man. What is wrong with me? Well, sin, self, all that was what's wrong with me, just like what's wrong with you. All right? The feelings of an affair. The one-night stand. That thing where it's like just the desire for gratification. The moment that it happens and there's this great ecstasy that you feel and afterwards there's this empty guilt, shame, remorse, dirt, unclean feeling. And it's like, ah, and I, how do I fix it? And the enemy's like, just do it again. That's the wrong one. Try that one. It'll, it'll last. No, it won't. It's a mirage. And the enemy wants us to think that somewhere out there is the answer. And he's always getting us to pursue these things that have no lasting effects in our soul because it can't. The enemy wants us to rush after the newest material possession. Now, I'm going to show a little bit about my age, but there was this long time ago, Cadillac came out with this car. I don't even remember the name. This is how important it is. And to some of you that are older, you remember it had like a really slashed trunk on it, like cut in half, which I don't know why they did that because it just emptied half your space, you know. And some of them, they had a, like a fake wheel on the back right there. When that came out, I thought that was the coolest car. You know, I did. And I'm like, it's so funny because it wasn't too long ago in Tucson, I saw one driving by and I laughed out loud. I was like, that is a stupid looking car. <laughs> but in the moment, you see, there was this thing because, you know, back then Cadillac was prestigious. And if you had a Cadillac, that meant you had money and you were somebody, right? So then they wanted to make that emphasis so that it was unmistakable when you saw that car, you would know it was a Cadillac and the person driving it was somebody. And now that person was somebody I laughed at. Not disrespecting them, but laughing at myself thinking how that looked. Right? And now they're probably all in the junkyard. Okay, so here's the, here's the world. It's saying like, if you only grab this, you'll be somebody. If you can have a Harley and not just another kind of a button. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Relax. I'm talking about the lies, remember. I'm talking about the lies we believe. If you're not riding a Harley, you're not a true biker yet. No, I mean, that's the lie. It's out there. See, I mean, I know because I have a motorcycle and I had Kawasaki's that I drove, but as I drove my Kawasaki, my desire was a Harley. And as soon as our boys moved out, we could afford one. <laughs> Purely on the grocery bill. No joke. Yeah. That's what happened. Three boys, man. They can eat you out of house and home. That's not, that's not a joke. It's crazy. So anyway, see this desire for these things that are out there only lasts so long. And then you're going to need something else. I used to sell my bikes every two years. Like I'd get rid of it, get something different. I'm like, life's too short, don't care, want to try something else. I mean, it's crazy. And, and I'm just telling you it's crazy, and I know it's crazy. And my wife was just like, how long are you going to keep this? I'm glad you don't treat me like you do your other stuff. 
<laughs> so it's like, you know, everything out here in the world is just passing and it just calls you. And as you pursue it, it still leaves you empty and thinking that there's something else out there. And none of it produces peace. And none of it produces true joy. Everybody's excited when you smell the new car smell. But pretty soon it smells like french fries. <laughs> it does. You know it does, right? And it's like pretty soon you're just like, oh well, you know, spill the coffee. Yeah, that's on top of the other one. Doesn't matter. It's just the way it is in the world around us. And nothing out there produces peace and joy. It leaves you empty and searching for the next thing. Joy that is in our soul. Rejoicing no matter what can only happen because of God. It's the only way it can happen. And it's only going to be found when you have a living, real relationship with Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, this is what it says. On the night, that night, there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. It's awesome when God shows up. Yeah, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Yeah. <laughs> See, it is the good news. Jesus is the good news that will bring great joy. It was God's promise. It was the prophetic message that he gave to us. It's the only way to experience it. And the word of God affirms it over and over again that this is the only way you and I will ever have this. Now, later on, as Jesus is doing his ministry, he teaches this, and we learn how joy is produced in our lives. It is found in John chapter 15. Listen, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be fulfilled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Yeah, isn't that awesome? He's like, hey, you want to have it? Here's where it's at. It's found in trusting God, living in the fullness of that relationship with him. And he said, when you do, you're going to have the joy that I only can produce for you, and it's going to overflow. People around you are going to know you serve Jesus. And the reason they're going to know is because you have that joy in the midst of the storms. Yeah, in the middle of life, in the middle of hopelessness. We have hope. It's because of Jesus. So it's the continuous stream of the Word of God that we have to remain in it, stay in it, live it, do what God says for us to do, and that's where we experience all of this. This relationship is one that is based on love, which we'll talk about next week, but it is in that place where we have that relationship that true joy is experienced and found. So it's not the joy of the world. It's the joy of God. It's real. It's not a mirage. It's not something fake. The celebration of the soul that bubbles out in us because we know we have a relation with God. And in spite of everything else, it is well with my soul. Man, it is well with my soul. <laughs> we have hope. We experience peace. We have joy. It's the smile that is on our face. And it's only made possible through Jesus Christ. Nothing less and nothing more. He's it. Yeah. 
So, I, you know, I do the daily devotionals. They're on YouTube Monday through Friday. They're out there. If you're not watching them, check it out. But there's a reason I'm saying that. Because I smile when I'm doing my devotionals when I turn on the camera. And one day I didn't. Something was distracting me. And I wasn't smiling when I turned the camera on. And someone in the comments said, where's the smile? <laughs> I don't even look at the comments. I don't. I rarely even look at them. I don't follow up on that stuff behind but it was, where's the smile? And it, and it caught me off guard. And I was like, wow, Lord, that is awesome. That's so great that they realized something was missing. And it was showing the joy of the Lord. And it's not just a fake thing. See, he's, he's so good, man. He's so good. Do we have problems? Yes. Do you have problems? Yes. Is God good or what? Seriously, man. It's, it's so crazy. He is the answer. He's so good to us. Hey, make sure we get the kids up, Bridget. Hey, uh, Kevin. Kevin, we got the kids coming up. If not, we need to. I want to ask you a question here, y'all. Have you personally experienced the hope, peace, and overflowing joy that is available through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Have you experienced that yourself? You know what that is? Oh, man. How can we keep it inside? I think we sang that, right? Yeah, I think so. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, this way. There you go. In my soul. He's amazing. Sorry if I messed that up. <laughs> but if you have that, you know what that is, right? Right here, you know. You can't fake it. It's not available any other way. It's only him. And if you don't know him, today's the day you need to know him. My second action step, what have you been chasing to bring you joy that you need to stop pursuing and find your joy in living an obedient life to Jesus Christ? What have you been chasing? Man, why are we chasing stuff? The lies and the mirage of the enemy. He's such a scumbag. He's so disgusting. Man, he's just like... <laughs> he's trying to lure us into bondage. What in the world, man? Come on, we should know better. Stop looking out there. It's not available. I want to read a scripture to you here as we bring our action steps to conclusion. And we have time and we plan for the baptism. We want you guys to stay with us and celebrate this together. You ready? Here's the verse. As I read the scriptures, if you want to come to the altar yourself, please do so. And if you're going to be baptized, if you could make your way over there, that'd be awesome. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Isn't that awesome? Oh my goodness, church. He is so, so amazing. So amazing. I love the Lord. He is so good to us. We want to pause for a prayer right now. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you alone are the opportunity that we have for peace and joy in this world. For you are our hope. And Lord, we thank you for that. It's incredible. Pray for all my brothers and sisters, those that are in-house, those that are online, wherever we may be. God, we pray for each and every one. That the storm that they are in, that they will hold fast and trust you. Lord, that they would experience your peace and your joy in the midst of the storm, that the people around them might be drawn to that, that they might share Jesus. Lord, you are so good to us. We love you. 
we thank you for this moment and for this opportunity we have today for the baptism celebration. God, we love you. We're so grateful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. You're so good, God. Just take your time.